Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's going on? This is Zaire Franklin, linebacker of the Indianapolis Colts, and this is the NFL Report. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with a new addition, and that's Zaire Franklin. And we have one of his teammates, another member, dominant player on this Colts defense, one of the best slot corners in all of football, Kenny Moore, is yeah. going to be joining the show. We'll also have Cameron Wolf. And Jane Slater breaking down the Dolphins-Cowboys game. I don't know if anybody knows those two teams better than those two, Steve. We also have Brian Baldinger breaking down a number of players that maybe are flying under the radar that you need to pay better attention to. And also the coach, David Shaw, talking about a couple of quarterbacks. Is Jalen Hurts broken? I don't know. Coach Shaw will tell us. I do have an opinion on that. And Steve, I'm rocking green because this is our final show before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we'll be rocking green on the sidelines, but I'll be part of the NFL Network Holiday Classic, we're calling it, on Christmas Eve in Denver. Broncos hosting the Patriots. I bought a new coat. It will be extremely cold. But it will be a blast to be on the sideline with Kurt Warner hey. and Rich Eisen and Sherry Burris. It's going to be brilliant. Hey, AJP, you are like the king of coats, right? You know, last week on NFL yeah, game day preview, Andrew Siliano, we, bro we broke out in your, your Tom Ford or Tom Fraud, whatever it is, looking jacket. But it was absolutely <laughs> clean. Yeah, that, that bad boy was hot. Yeah, I hey, got that on hey. the streets. That, that looked absolutely clean. But we've got so many important playoff type games this weekend, which have all kinds of playoff ramifications. And JP, it all starts on Christmas Eve, Monday night with the Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. Let's generate the hype machine. Roll the tape, LC. Well, Ravens at the 16-yard line. Lamar wants to throw, lops to the end zone, looking for his man. He's got him, Isaiah Likely. Touchdown, Ravens. 
They snap it pretty under seven, seven-step drop. Gets chased out of there. Will throw on the run. Wide open, McCaffrey makes the catch, goes down, gets up, touchdown, CMC. The Niners radio with a great call oh. right there. It is always good to hear from Greg. But, JP, again, we know how dominant. These are the two best teams in each conference. They can say this isn't a Super Bowl preview. It sure does look like a Super Bowl preview. So let's start with the offenses, with these great offenses. Which player or which unit is going to be most impactful in this game? We both had this answer, uh, and then I think you maybe changed, and that shows me that we both believe Lamar Jackson is the most important player in this game. Nothing against Brock Purdy. He's actually my front runner for the MVP. There you go. But But the Ravens without Lamar Jackson are nowhere near where they are right now if he's not out there because of what he does in the run game, what he does in the pass game, obviously, but what he can do for this offense and what he can do against talented defenses. He's just an X factor, Steve. I just think he's the most important player to either team in their future moving forward. And I look at what the 49ers have been carved up in terms of the run game. I look at what Lamar Jackson and this Ravens number one ranked rushing attack, although they lose their dynamic back with the ACL and Keaton Mitchell, but what he can do with this rushing attack keeps Brock Purdy and all that talent from the San Francisco 49ers off the field. We're watching highlights of him get eight and then go down. These long sustaining drives they had against the Jaguars in the second half were remarkable. They finished with over almost 250 yards rushing in that game. I look at them maybe using Lamar with the aggressiveness of this defensive line of the 49ers that love to get upfield. They have to stay disciplined, and they're thin in the middle. We'll see what happens with Javon Hargraves. We'll see what happens with Eric Armstead, but he loves to go through those A and B gaps up the middle. If they're thin in that sense, he can affect this game, I'm saying, in just a lot of different ways and, man, is it fun to watch? I'm curious to see because this late in the season, there's been some talk about this Niners defense being a little tired. We know how hard Kyle Shanahan works them in practice. Well, if they're on the field a lot because of Lamar Jackson and they're chasing him around, how exhausting is that going to be Monday night? Yeah, they, they still don't give up a lot of points. I mean, that that's the main thing with the 49ers. And I agree True. with Lamar is the most dangerous person on the field. And he talked about his runs. Look at his run totals the last three games. He's up above 30 all, all those all those last three mm-hmm. games. But I think the most important unit Great point. in this game is going to be the Niners receivers, led by Debo Samuel, of course. You got Brian Ayuk. You got George Kittle. You got the juice man, Kyle Juszczyk, who can have, of course, Christian McCaffrey. But this is a team, like even if the Ravens want to sit back and zone, and they do play a lot of man, and they've got a big corner in Marlon Humphrey who can do some things, the Niners find ways because of their diversity. You look at the big games and the big opponents um, against Dallas, it was George Kittle, right? Dallas said, we're not going to let Debo mm-hmm. and we're not going to let Ayuk beat us deep. So they carved him up with Kittle. So then you come back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, Debo Samuel goes for about a buck 75 in the air and runs the ball. And mind you, James, this is a team where these guys make the most. They only throw the ball about 27 times a game. So when they get their hands on the ball, they do damage, and that's what I think is going to happen here. You talked about how the Ravens' offense moves the chains. They're going to control the clock in this game. There's a good chance of that. But, again, the yep. Niners' receivers make the most out of what they happen. Okay, here's, here's something that's not being talked about enough. 
the matchup, look at these inside linebackers in this game, right? You've got Roquan Smith and, and Patrick Queen for the Ravens, and you've got Dre Greenlaw Monster. and Fred Warner for the 49ers. This is a total 50-50 toss-up, but for the sake of some interesting discussion here, which unit of inside backers do you think impacts this game the most? Wow. Man, I, I, you know, I think it might be the Ravens in all honesty because of what they have to handle up front with Christian McCaffrey. If yeah. they can handle Christian McCaffrey, I think that's an extremely important aspect of what this front seven can do. Obviously, George Kittle, as you mentioned, and then you have to maybe make those impacts, Steve, because your secondary is going to have their hands full with the group that you just mentioned. And, and that's why I think this group up front is going to have to be able to handle business as well as they can with the Ravens because I, I don't know how long they want Brock Purdy to be, be, uh, be making decisions back there to go to the unit that you broke down. So I'm going to say this, 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 uh, these linebackers with, with Baltimore. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it's Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. They're great in coverage. They've got the speed. Both can spy Lamar Jackson, who you pointed out. I like that. But, James, we important. don't have a ton of time left. We do know it's a holiday weekend. All right? We do know it's, it's Christmas time right here. So which player is going to deliver the goods this weekend? It could be any game in the NFL, not necessarily this Niners-Ravens game. I'm going to say delivering the goods is Jalen Hurts. He's going to bounce back. Oh. These last three games are the easiest schedule in the NFL for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they have to do two things over these last three games to get themselves back on track. They have to get explosive plays back. They have to eliminate the turnovers. Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback from the pocket in the NFL, Steve. This year, he's thrown more interceptions from the pocket than anyone else in the NFL. I want to see him get back on track in terms of throwing the football, making the correct decisions. Teams have been taking away the explosive plays, but Nick Sirianni believes there's still places where he can make impactful explosive plays in this passing game with the defensive looks they're getting. It's his decision-making in those I want to see thrive against the Giants on Sunday. Yeah, you know what? Monday, I'm, I think. Yeah, they play Monday. I'm, I think the dude who's been in his bag and is carrying the biggest bag to deliver the goods has been Buffalo Bills running back James Cook. Oh, and guess who Guess who? They're, oh, they're, the Bills are playing phenomenal. this week? Oh, they're playing the Chargers. Yeah, that's been oh, a real stand-up crew lately. Oh, James Cook. Oh, he can be delivering the goods inside. He can be delivering the goods outside. He can be delivering the goods in the screen game. Oh, no, he's going to be spreading cheer for his Buffalo teammates all over the place in this game, even if he's a distraction. Let's Josh Allen get get going. Very quickly, James, we are tight on time. What team is going to play the Grinch this Christmas weekend? I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns. I'm a big Houston Texans fan, but the Cleveland Browns defense goes oh. likely going against Case Keenum. Yeah. Listen, they are not the Titans defense. Uh, this is going to be a difficult go, and I know if this happens, real quick, we'll say it. Um, if – they lose the Houston Texans. Their chances of the postseason drop from 53% down to 30%. If they win, 72. If they lose, 30%. That could be a Grinchable move by the Browns. How about you, Steve? I am staying within the division. I think Baker Mayfield and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh. are going to send the Jacksonville Jaguars back to Whoville where they'll be singing the blues <laughs> of the Who's. And because, look, Baker Mayfield and the, and the Buccaneers are just playing very good football, complimentary football on both sides. The Jags might not have Trevor Lawrence, who's still in concussion protocol. That's C.J. Beathard. This could just be a situation where the Buccaneers are rolling, the Jaguars are reeling. That's just not going to set up for a happy holiday moment. But it's holiday time. We're not going to sit here and, again, 
Talk about Whoville in the Grinch. Grinch it. Because we're getting ready He's a great to talk film. about another big game coming up in our next block, and that is the Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. Oh, neither one of them can be good teams, right? One's not good on the road, right? What's going to give? We're going to be joined by our own Cameron Wolf and James Slater know. after the break here on the NFL Report. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or um, playoff seeds or the next three game, all that stuff. Um, I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, <laughs> F off. With all due respect. With all due respect, that was Dolphins head coach Mike Daniel living by the credo. I live by. And James Palmer, we are now joined by Cameron Wolf and Jane Slater to discuss the big game of the weekend between the Dolphins and the Cowboys. And Jane, coming into this game, we saw the Cowboys last week. Their defense just got run all over. And now they're facing one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. How can they plug those holes? With all due respect, Mike, I appreciate what you're saying there. And I do think it's funny that you can say with all due respect and really get away with saying anything. It's kind of a joke I have with one of my guy friends. But uh, in terms of plugging the hole of the run, well, they've got to seal the edge, Steve. That's something that they've been sort of struggling with. But, you know, this week it doesn't look like Jonathan Hankins is going to be trending in the direction of playing. And that's a problem. You know, they've really... In the offseason, especially when they went out and got Mozzie Smith, they had hoped to really plug up that interior. And while Mozzie is a great kid and I think he's got a bright future, you talk to a lot of people internally in the building and he's just been a little bit slow to pick up on some of the things that they want him to. Well, that likely means that they're going to plug and play him there. And that's not exactly good when you consider what Raheem Mostert is, is capable of as well as A-Chan. Cam, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think the Dolphins know that the Cowboys gave up 266 rushing yards last week. And that is going to be very center of their game plan. You mentioned Raheem Mostert. He's having a career year, 20 touchdowns. He just broke Ricky Williams' franchise record as far as rushing touchdowns for the Dolphins. But I think this past game they played against the Jets was very important because they learned how to play without Tyreek Hill. It was the first game he had missed since Mike McDaniel became the head coach. And talking with people around the building, there was a lot of uncertainty about how they would play. And Jalen Waddle stepped up, had 142 yards off eight catches. Raheem Mostert had two touchdowns. And Mike McDaniel and Tua showed they are not dependent on Tyreek. Tua went off this week in the podium about all his doubters saying he's only good because of Tyreek. He said, if I'm the worst player, if that fits your narrative, go for it. Now they are expecting to get Tyreek Hill back this week against the Cowboys. He was at practice today. I just left there about an hour ago. And he will be back adding that element. And it should help the rest of those guys. Waddle, who had been frustrated at times this season on his production, now has a renewed element of confidence. And now Mike McDaniel has shown on tape that he can beat you with other elements other than Tyreek. So good for the Dolphins offense against a really good Cowboys pass team. I love, Jane, what you said about making sure you're aware of the edges. One of the best things that this offense does with the Dolphins is running the football on the outside. Cam knows that maybe better than Mm -hmm. any of us here talking and how they're able to put the ball on the outside in their playmakers' hands, running the ball and having explosive plays there. But outside outside of those tackles, Cam, you look at the different spots that CeeDee Lamb could line up for this Dallas Cowboys offense. Does Jalen Ramsey move inside against CeeDee Lamb? We had Taron Johnson on the show just last week with the Bills talking about how good CeeDee is in the slot. Will Jalen follow him around, Cam? Well, first, JP, I hope so. Uh, Vic Fangio talked to us today and said he's gonna he would have his popcorn ready for that matchup because that sounds like must-see TV. He wouldn't reveal the game plan, but here's what I know. They made a late switch last week having Jalen Ramsey follow Garrett Wilson, the Jets receiver, when Xavier Howard was ruled out with the hip injury. And my understanding is if Xavier Howard does not play this week, they would do the same for CeeDee Lamb. Now, X did return to practice today, and if he plays, I expect him to do a lot of what they've done this season, have Ramsey on the right side, Xavier Howard on the left side. The slot element is interesting, though, because Cater Kohu, the young corner, has struggled a bit in the slot, and that's where CeeDee Lamb loves to eat. I'd expect the success that Ramsey had in the slot helps them pull that trigger to go to Ramsey a lot quicker within that slot. Bangio is a little bit stubborn in his defensive styles, but they know C.D. Land can take over this game, and so they will not hesitate to move Ramsey into the slot. They want to get Dak off of his game. And so this pass D, which has seen a lot of uptick in pass rush over the last few weeks, definitely wants to get hands on C.D. Lamb in the slot, and no better player for that than the physical Jalen Ramsey. And you certainly heard Jalen Ramsey talking after that uh, meeting with the Jets that it was a boring offensive game plan for him. It was boring (laughs) for the Cowboys uh, up there in Buffalo. And look, I do think CeeDee Lamb and this team is going to bounce back this week. Uh, Mike McCarthy has yet to lose back-to-back games in his era in Dallas. They've got 37 consecutive. But uh, I do think this is going to be the matchup to watch because – you know, look, while C.D. Lamb eats in the slot, he's also really good on the outside. Then you also have to account for a guy like Jake Ferguson, who I think could also be, I think, a real mm. key part of this game. I haven't seen enough from Tony yep. Pollard to say that the rushing game uh, is necessarily going to be there for them. But Jake Ferguson could be a difference maker in this one. The problem with the Cowboys outside of their narrative about them not beating teams with winning records, the other narrative is how bad they've been on the road. Guys, when I went and looked at some of their numbers, they're averaging 18 less points on the road and 127 less 
uh, yards. Terrible. It's not good. And when you're meeting a team, it's so bad. And so when you're meeting a team like the Miami Dolphins that has an explosive offense, I think the key really for the Cowboys is you've got to score early and often. When they do that, it's typically successful. I think that's successful for any team. But the Cowboys certainly don't seem to like playing from behind that well. Absolutely. Jane, it's going to be 78 degrees in Miami. I can't wait to be there. And they love their home field advantage. And they want to hope the Cowboys' road struggles uh, continue. And one more thing about the Lamb uh, Ramsey thing we were talking about earlier. I talked to Ramsey after the game about his frustrations not being targeted. He said that maybe this week that changes. He kind of gave me a little wink, uh, whatever that means. And earlier today, Mm -hmm. we talked to Sam Madison, their uh, cornerback coach, and he said that he tells Ramsey consistently to keep patient, keep patient. Eventually, they're going to have to throw you the ball. And if you do, you have to make them pay. And so they're hoping they can get Dak to throw him the ball a little bit uh, on Sunday. Hey, with all due respect, uh, I, want to, I, want to, I want to set you up here just, just real, well real quick. We, 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 don't have, we don't have a ton of time, but, Jane, we know how good this Cowboys secondary is. You talk about Tyreek Hill coming back to play. We know Jalen Waddle. What is some of the thinking because they really change up week to week on how maybe they can slow down some of the underneath stuff the Dolphins do and not allow some of the stuff to get behind them? I mean, it's a good question. Uh when you start looking at some of these games, I mean, the thing is, we I think we got so disrupted by the fact that they gave up the 266 yards. But let's just talk about how Dan Quinn's defense sometimes is played against some of these really good teams with some of these weapons. I mean, I go and I look at, you know, the, the Eagles game. When I look at the Rams earlier this year, uh, they do tend to struggle a little bit when they've got explosive weapons. And so I don't know necessarily what they're going to do. I think we've seen them pick on Deron Bland at times, but when they've done that, he makes them pay later with an interception. We saw that a couple of weeks ago. He had a late one. So right when you think you've got him figured out, you don't. Uh, I do think that they're going to be using Micah Parsons a little bit more of a chess piece. There's been a lot of discussion here in Dallas. Do you continue to have him as one of your edge rushers or do you use him as a linebacker? Because I do think you're going to have to pick your poison with them, right? You could have him back there as a linebacker to help you slow down the run, but then you're allowing a guy like Tyreek Hill to break off and uh, you can find yourself getting behind him. So I am going to be very interested to see what Dan Quinn does to sort of readjust here. We've seen them do it in the past, uh, but they've certainly got a lot of tape about things not to do from that Buffalo game on Sunday. And Jane, briefly, if I could come in, I'm very interested (laughs) to see where Michael Parsons lines up because the Dolphins' offensive line is decimated. Right guard Robert Hunt and Austin Texan, their right guard, right tackle, both didn't practice today. They're trending towards not playing. Whole new right side of the line, a whole new center. If I was Dan Quinn, I'd line Micah Parsons up on that right side of the offensive line and try to go hunt Tua. Uh, So he's going to have to get rid of the ball plenty quick on Sunday. I love it. I love it. Guys, I cannot wait to watch this game. I love that you both gave us the unbelievable insight that you have because I don't know if anybody, Steve, knows these two teams better than Jane knows the Cowboys, better than Cam knows the Miami Dolphins. And, and what Jane said, well. a fast start by the Cowboys. And with all due respect. With all due respect. They're brilliant at what they do. Uh, <laughs> but you know who else is brilliant at what they do, it. guys? It's Kenny Moore of the Indianapolis Colts. Maybe he can let the Dolphins know what it's like guarding somebody like CeeDee Lamb in the slot because Kenny Moore is one of the best slot corners in all of football. And his team, the Indianapolis Colts, are in the thick of things in the AFC playoff picture. Kenny Moore, one of the best slot corners in football, joins the NFL Report next. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to the NFL Report podcast, but you can watch me, Steve Weich, and my co-host James Palmer on the NFL Report at 7.15 Eastern Time on Mondays and Thursdays on the NFL app and free streaming platforms on the NFL channel on Roku, Tubi, Peacock, Pluto TV, and other free streaming apps. Young in the pocket, throws it upfield, picked off by the Colts in the near sideline. Kenny Moore racing for the end zone, 10, 5, touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Pick six by Kenny Moore. Play action, Bryce Young throws it left side, and it's picked off by the Colts. They're running the other way with it, it's Kenny Moore again. He's at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, two of them today. A pick six, number 23, have a day. Yeah. Welcome back to the NFL Report. Kenny Moore joins us, one of the best slot corners in all of football. They always get love on our show, Kenny. I don't know if you know this. We love the position on the NFL Report. We love to have you. I don't know what's better, the pick sixes or the dance after the first one. But what I'm really curious about is we're going back home to Georgia for the first time. It's going to be Christmas Eve Two things. How many tickets did we have to get? And what would a pick six back in the home state of Georgia be like on Christmas Eve in front of all those people? First off, great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I had to get about 25 tickets uh, for the fam, friends, coaches, um, everybody involved. So we're ready. It it would definitely mean a lot to get a, a pick six. So hopefully, you know, it's giving season. So hopefully we can get one. Hey, Kenny, I'm sure it'd be great to get I'm sure it'd be great to get a pick six, but you guys are in the thick of the wild card hunt right now. I mean, to get a win and to further establish yourself in the playoffs, like how big would that be? Because this already has been a pretty special season for you guys. We've come close a couple of times in my career of, you know, getting the South Division of the AFC, and um it's no better time than now. So we have the team, we have the the position in the AFC to go and take it. So uh, each week, it's, it's a big game because we're in it. Kenny, since week nine, there is only one team that has a better record than the Colts at 5-1. and one. It is the 49ers at 6-0. and oh. This stretch that you guys have been on of late, what would you put your finger on? It just seems like the, the hunger's there 
for you guys. And it feels like when I talk to people in Indianapolis, you still don't think you're where you believe you can get as a team. Well, we just have the humility knowing that we never got it. Um, they stay on us as the coaching staff stays on us. We got the accountability within the team to know that we just got to keep working each day uh, to get the results that we want. We just can't look at the bigger picture of what could happen. The only way we win Sunday is winning today and uh, stacking the next day on top of it. Can you talk about the coaching staff and, and the accountability? I mean, Shane Steichen comes in there and, as your head coach. There's clearly a flip in culture. There's clearly like a flip in, in belief and positivity. But he also, he kept your defensive coordinator on staff, Gus Bradley. What about that tandem has worked so well, especially for you guys on defense? Probably the relationship uh, prior to Shane coming here, uh, we had already known that they had the relationship uh, built in. So uh, we knew that we were good foundation-wise to get the job done. Uh, we're all excited to play each game and to play each game all together. I love what you guys do defensively, Kenny. I mean, I, you're not hiding anything in a sense that you're going to play zone. You're going to—that's what Gus does. That's the way you guys play. I'm curious in your slot spot with the way you do things schematically. What 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 is it that makes you thrive in the way that Gus schemes things up for you guys as a defense that allows you to make plays and make plays where you're at on the field? Well, great question. You know, we went through a lot last year in the first year of the system. Honestly, it was a lot of humbling moments. We had to, you know, drill up a couple of things. We had to talk and have the communication to have the success that we have each, this year. So uh, honestly, just a lot of things mm -hmm. that, that's in our back pocket. Uh, we had a lot of built up experience. So uh, just having the guys around, not only just me, but on the D-line and the linebackers and obviously in the secondary, uh, we just got a lot of built up experience now. So you mentioned your D-line and your linebackers. I'm going to ask our producer to put up something that the Colts social team Hosted yesterday. Guys, go ahead and post this. This is dope. DeForest Buckner, six sacks. Quiddy Pay, seven and a half. Samson, Samson Ebukam, nine and a half. Deo Odiyingbo, eight. What about that group? Because the, um, below it, it said they come at you from all angles. What about that group makes it so special, especially to you guys in the back end, that allows you to get the takeaways that you've got? Well, Russian cover works together, and uh, we got to put it on DeForest Buckner. I think he said he was going to be taking the defensive backs to dinner at some point uh, during this given season. So, uh, but but no, but no, uh, those guys are hunting, and they have great leadership in uh, Samson, in Dio, in Buck, in Grover uh, to stay stay on the group, and uh, they play with high energy. And we're so uh, thankful to have a group like that that's going to make history here soon. That's every every uh, corner's dream is to have guys that get after the quarterback, and when they get after him as a group, is always makes things a little bit better for you back there, Kenny. And uh, we ha we can't have you on and not talk about your quarterback and Gardner Minshew. He comes over with Shane Steichen. Shane knows him so well. Uh, I, I, what I have to ask is, I, I've heard so much about his football IQ. How many? What are, what are conversations about football like? with Gardner, especially with someone that knows the game like you know the game? Build up experience, sort of like, you know, the build up experience that we've encountered uh, throughout the defensive side. But uh, just knowing Garner and throughout my career, I had a chance to play him 
uh, a couple of times and he has the competitiveness. He wants to go out there and fight and win each game. So um, he plays like a starter and a starter that's been playing uh, his whole career. So uh, just just having that poise and competitiveness to go out there and win each game is going to keep us um, at the top of the boards. So, Kenny, you talk about how you had to face him and now you know him as a teammate. Before knowing him as a teammate, like how did you have to scheme him up knowing his strengths? Uh, he was he was sort of a gnat because, um, you know, he can pull it down and run it sometimes. <laughs> so uh, with a guy like that with, that you think is going to just stay in the pocket, uh, sometimes he fool you. And sometimes, you know, he can make those little juke moves that you didn't think that he really had in his bag. So uh, just a guy like that, you got to always be poised and and then uh, honing in to the point of attack that you got to make the play. So uh, you just got to stay disciplined with a guy like that because he can uh, fool you sometimes. All right, well, let's talk about the game you got coming up here. It's against Atlanta. We know the type of skill guys they have. They're built a little bit differently, right, than some of the other teams in the NFL with the type of skill guys that they have. What are your concerns from the slot spot that you have to be aware of and you guys have to be aware of as a defense to make sure you slow this offense down that has now made another change at quarterback? Uh, it's probably the change at quarterback is probably the, the, the most interesting thing, you know, obviously playing – uh, Taylor last year, whenever he was with the Commanders, and and sort of knowing him, and mm -hmm. he want to go downfield and he want to score. He likes the he likes the home run ball. Uh, he scored a lot of touchdowns in college, and then obviously in the league, he's a competitor. So I think that's the type of rap that he has around the league is that he want to go down the field and he wants to score and he's gonna stay on you. So uh, we just can't cash it in that these guys are gonna give up. Uh, these guys are out there and they want to win the game just like us. So we just gotta stay. Stay on top and and uh, keep everything in front of us. And then w once we get our shot, we just got to uh, go in, uh, and attack. Kenny Moore, man, we cannot thank you so much for, one, entertaining us on the football love. field. We love, we love how you guys are playing and, and, and just surprising the whole NFL, doing the things that you're doing. We also want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. So thank you very much for joining us here at the NFL Report. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas to all. Take care. Thank you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve White's with you. It's our favorite Thursday segment. I got my popcorn. It's Baldy's favorite films, our version of Baldy's Breakdowns. We just essentially stole it because we love having him on and we love when he breaks everything (laughs) down. And Baldy, a couple weeks ago, I did Broncos Texans down in Houston. And I spent probably the vast majority of my time post-game standing next to Jonathan Grenard's locker and him kind of breaking things down for me defensively. Two things he told me, and I'm curious what you think. He said, we have been unbelievably well prepared up front in terms of the coaching we're getting. And two, we have rushed as a unit up front. And nobody really going outside and freestyling has been a big part of our success. What are you seeing from him? He's one of the best players under the radar right now. Oh, I agree. Number 52, right end, outside linebacker for Houston. Um, So I was, you know, last week, Derrick Henry ran the ball 16 times to gain nine yards. Like, it's not one guy. It's a group. It's a group effort. You know, Malik <laughs> Collins. You look at Sheldon Rankins. You know, you look at Denzel Perriman. I mean, whoever's been healthy. Will Anderson didn't play last week, but he's been a, a big part. And, you know, a big yep. part of stopping the run, guys, is, is run fits. And, you know, when I look at D'Amico Ryans and how he's coaching his group, like, it, you know, run fits basically is you're in the right gap. You're in the right gap. You're where you're supposed to be, whether it's Jalen Petrie coming out of the safety position and filling a gap, whatever. Like, this is a team that understands run fits, and they play defense on the other side of the ball. And it's it's such a group effort. And, in fact, last week in Tennessee, like, I met the defense line coach in Houston, uh, James, and, like, he, he appreciated some of the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And I went and talked to Sheldon Rankins. Like, this whole group, I think, is flying under the radar. But this is a very talented group. They're number two in the league against the run. They're getting after the quarterback. I think this is a – if they get to the postseason, it's going to be a whole lot more than just C.J. Stroud and winning the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Hey, and Baldy, you know when you talk about Mm -hmm. run fits, that's discipline because a lot of times guys get greedy saying, I know I can jump inside and make this play, and next thing you know the running back bounces outside. So being, being able to uphold the integrity is something clearly that defensive staff has had them do. That defensive line better be good this week, too, because they're playing Cleveland in that run game that they have with that. Montez Sweat. We're going to talk about um, Jalen Johnson in a second. I want to break this up because what Montez Sweat has been able to do in Washington, then jumping over to Chicago and continue to get after the quarterback and play. Baldy, how impressive of a player has he been this season? Well, first of all, Steve, you know, he leads the Washington Commanders in sacks and he leads the Chicago Bears in sacks, okay? And he's got 12 and a half. So I said when they traded for him, they they gave up a second-round pick. I said, you're not going to find Montez Sweat in the second round in this upcoming draft. He's 6'6", he's 270, he still runs a 4'4'40". A couple things that jump out, Steve. One is, A, um, you can't block him. Like, he knows how to defeat a block. And then his effort is contagious. And I feel like Gervon, Dexter, and all these guys there, they're all playing harder because of how Montez Sweat plays. And by the way, one of the um, underestimated metrics when it comes to defenders is literally arm length. You know, he's got 36-inch arms. So it could be as something as simple as Steve as being in the passing lane, batting a ball down, yeah. throwing yeah. over his arms, making a tackle out there on the perimeter. Like, his length... It's more than just 6'6". He's 6'6 with very long arms, and he, and he uses all of his talent. And the best thing is, like, he plays really hard. And that's, that's always impressive to me. 
So quickly, Baldy, a benefactor of that has been the quarterback, Jalen Johnson. I mean, he's been good all year, but he's really been special since Sweat's gotten there. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, he's got the four interceptions and all that kind of stuff. But, like, his ability to play zone coverage, bait players. Like, he had the interception against Josh Dobbs of Minnesota. I think we talked about how he baited them to throw the corner out, and he jumped it. Um, like, he's just he's, – he's playing the game like a crafty, wily veteran. Now, he's been in the league. For a while, but I think a lot of people just thought, well, he's he's good in man coverage, but maybe not zone. But you know, since Eberflus took over, they're a zone team um, primarily, and he just can play any style, and he's got that that uh, feel in the eyes to go make plays on the ball, and it shows up every week right now. And even that, like you look at the young players around him right now, they're all starting to kind of play a little bit like Jalen. And they got, you know, Tyreek Stevenson got a pick six last week. Like, I just think the, the young guys around him are, are kind of learning from Jalen right now. Where's well, a young guy that's thriving in James Cook, the running back for the Buffalo <laughs> Bills, Baldy? I talked to Josh Allen after their game against the Chiefs, and he just said in the passing game, he's been taking advantage of the attention that Stephon Diggs is getting and finding some spots to make plays. And then the run game. Having a conversation recently with Deion Dawkins, he said because of the way he runs the football, he gives us so much confidence as an offensive line because he puts his foot in the ground and he goes. And he can run over guys and he can run by guys, but he gets downfield. What do you like about James Cook right now with the way he's playing? Well, I'm going to create a family feud right now, James, and say that James Cook is better than his brother, <laughs> Alvin. Um, I, I, you know, that's gonna, that, that might not sit well in South Florida with those guys. But James Cook, you know, last week you mentioned the passing game. He gets matched up one-on-one -on -one with Damone Clark, and he beat him to the corner. It was a one-touchdown one pass that Josh threw last week. But I remember, James, we were there in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago with Buffalo, and Aaron Cromer was down there. He was yep. talking to us. And I was just asking him about James because I said, listen, Aaron, Coach Cromer, I was saying, what I see on film, is it the best footwork of a running back that you've coached? And he goes, that's, that's, his, that's his calling card. Like his footwork, the ability, honestly, mm. guys, to be going, you know, one way on a zone stretch and then to make this cut, this 90-degree cut, like right up the field and find the opening, like it's, uh, he's, he's really good. And they run this counter trap with the tackle back and forth. They ran yeah. a bunch last week, Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown. And that play can break anywhere. It's up to the back's vision to see. It's not always around the corner follow the tackle. It could be inside. So his decision-making and what he sees and where the hole is, is, I think, uh, unique. And one of the reasons why he's at the top of the charts in, in rushing leaders right now. That's high praise from Aaron Cromer, one of the best offensive line right. coaches in the NFL. I mean, he's had, he had some good ones in New Orleans. He had Todd Gurley with yes. the Rams. So that's real high praise for him to say that. Speaking of run game, that has been a non-existent character trait of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the past two seasons. <laughs> but lately, Baldy, under Dave Canales, Baker Mayfield, and what they're doing down there, they are running the rock well. What are you, what are you seeing on film down there? Well, it's been a month now, Steve, and he's yep. had 200-yard games, and he's catching the ball out of the backfield. And for the first time, the Bucs have a running game. It showed up in Green Bay last week in the Battle of the Bays. I see, you know, Tristan Wirfs went from right tackle to left tackle. It's like, you know, eating, uh, you know, eating chopsticks with your right hand and learning how to eat chopsticks with your left hand. It's hard, but he's gotten better. Aaron Stinney's come in there at left guard, really, I think, solidified that position. They've had the same five guys up there now 
all year. And they're really playing well together. And I got to add the tight ends, both Kate Otten and Keeft. They're a part of this right now. But I, I really feel like for the first time in two plus years, like they can legitimately run the ball. And Rashad White, I give him his due here, Steve. Like he's really coming on. Yeah. And the, the dance that you got to do as a running back with the offense line has come together. By the way, fellas, this is me using chopsticks. All right, quickly on this last one, Baldy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quickly, last one on this one, because I, I got to get him in. Charvarius Ward, he's strangely targeted more than anybody, any other corner in football. It's probably because they're winning every game, and you got to throw the ball at some point. But he has the pick six this past week. He spent time in practice, Baldy, catching passes from Sam Darnold because he wants to catch passes from a quarterback, not a jugs machine. What are you seeing from the corner in Ward and what he's been able to do quickly? Well, he had the two interceptions last week in the pick six, but he leads the league in passes defense. Like, you want to go after him? Okay. Mm -hmm. But, like, this guy, whether it was against DK Metcalf the week before, like, he is a difference maker out there on the edge. And the 49ers can play man coverage right now. It used to be strictly a zone team. But they can line up and play man coverage and blitz and pressure and do a lot of different things because Traverius can line up on your number one and he can he can play with you. I don't care who what the name in the back of the jersey is. He's got the confidence and the length at 6'1 to play any size receiver in this business right now. Well, you're the best. And anytime you awesome. have a cornerback nicknamed Mooney, you know he's going to be good. Yeah. Baldy, have a Merry Christmas, <laughs> yeah. man. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mike. guys. Always, always great, man. Have a great holiday. I'll see you guys next week. Sounds good. All right, coming up next, our coach, David Shaw. He's going to talk about Jalen Hurts. Is there an issue with Jalen? One of the best coaches ever diagnosed quarterbacks is going to tell us next on the NFL Report. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let's go places. 
Hey, it's James Palmer, and you're listening to the NFL Report podcast along with myself and Steve Weish. But remember, if you want to see our beautiful faces, this is a show at 7.15 Monday and Thursday. That's 7.15 p.m. Eastern, and we are on the NFL app, as well as fast streaming platforms. That's Tubi, that's Roku, that's Pluto, that's Peacock, all of those platforms, as well as the NFL.com slash NFL channel. Find us all of those spots. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you, joined by, I'm going to call David Shaw, essentially the coach of the NFL Report, Steve. Yes. He, he is our eyes, ears, and everything in terms of when it comes to evaluating football. Him and Brian always Bolton, bring, bring Always give us great stuff. Better than anybody else. Always give us great stuff. And we love to talk quarterbacks with you, Coach. And, and, and Monday night, we knew Jalen Hurts was under the weather. We knew he has been battling a couple of things, nagging injuries. Um, but still, the end of that game, they have their timeouts. We've seen the Eagles at the end of halves, at the end of games, find ways to put together really, really successful drives in the way they've done it. And it, this drive kind of left you scratching your head a little bit in a couple instances. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I, I'm with you there. I went back and watched the game again. And when you're really watching with a close eye, for a guy who's banged up, for a guy who's sick, Jalen Hurts really played a good game. Uh, the, he's playing a lot of zone defenses. He threw some tight window throws. He ran the ball well, swift the ball. It really started to, to, to become difficult in that, uh, the late in that third quarter, early in that fourth quarter. Um, they're up 17 to, uh, oh gosh, 17 to 13. Um, they should have been up 21, 13. Um, they had a third and one inside the 10 yard line. It's a guaranteed Eagles first down leading to an Eagles touchdown. And their center did what we were at Stanford accused of doing multiple times, which was moving the ball <laughs> forward in short yardage <laughs> situations. Um, I will not admit to anything, uh, but that that no. happened to them. So they go from an easy makeable third and one, which they're the best in the league, to a third and six. They don't get the first down. They kick a field goal instead of a touchdown. That's a key point right there because when you're in the red zone, you have to score touchdowns if you want to be a, t a playoff team and a Super Bowl team. And then later in the game, uh, the eight minutes to go, um, they're running what, what I call a diagonal route, which is a, a player from a tight split on one side to the back corner of the end zone on the other side. And what we would love to have is a defender on the back side. What they have was a defender on the front side. So the defender is in the way and Jalen puts it up uh, to Quez and it's intercepted. Um, and I went back mm -hmm. and it was bothering me because you shouldn't make that throw, but you go back and that was almost the same exact throw that Jalen Hurts made in the Super Bowl for the first touchdown, right? Mm. It was a very similar thing. He gave his, his his receiver an opportunity to make a play, and that's what you ask your quarterbacks. It's made. The game's put away. It's a two-score game, and, and they're probably going to win. The interception makes it difficult. Now you go back. They got a three and out, and they got the ball back. So here's where it becomes difficult. You expect your team to put the game away. One score lead against an, a team that everyone says you should beat and you think you should beat on offense. Yeah. You want to end the game on offense. They ran four and a half minutes off the clock, but they didn't convert a third down, so they had to punt uh, with two minutes to go. So that, to me, is is that, that playoff team. And the way this team is going to win is running the ball, playing great defense, and Jalen Hurts making two or three special plays. He's got some special receivers outside and a special tight end also that can win one-on-one -on -one matchups. And they didn't get it done when the game was on the line. And then the biggest thing to me, it wasn't really Jalen Hurts. It wasn't as much there. It was two minutes to go against a backup quarterback. 
uh, against the C- with the Seattle Seahawks. Your defense should put them away, and they didn't. Right. Yeah, they so got- for me, it's a, it was cascading things, you know, that led to that loss. I'm, I'm so glad you pointed that out because you know James has alluded to this before on the show. That defense got worn down after a while. The way the Seahawks came out in the second half and just drove the ball on the ground. By the time we got to the end of the game, they didn't have a lot of, of fuel in the tank. But coach, I, I want to spin this to a situation that to me has kind of gotten overlooked down in Atlanta where they came into the season, mm-hmm. head coach Arthur Smith, their owner Arthur Blank was on board because I spoke to him about it, and GM Terry Fontenot said, we're going to gamble this season on Desmond Ritter. We're putting all this free agent money we finally have in other positions, and they have to end up, or they end up benching Desmond Ritter twice this year for ineffective twice. play. I mean, like, this is a potential like disaster scenario for the Falcons. So, so what does it come down looking worse to, the fact that they gambled and whiffed, or does it look worse that they couldn't develop him to where he could succeed with so many other pieces in place? Yeah, and that's the hard part. Without being in the building, it's hard to say exactly what it is, but it, it's all difficult. It's all tough. And I love the way you, you preface this, though. Starting quarterback is an organizational decision. Right. It's not just the head coach. It's not just the coordinator. The GM is involved. The, the owner's involved. Management is involved. Everybody's looking at this. And they made an organizational decision. Did is they bet on the kid they drafted. Now, was he a first round draft pick? No, he's a third round draft pick. And understandably, he was talented. He was also highly effective in yards passing and 2,000 yards mm-hmm. rushing. And the guy was a winner. And you sit down and talk to him, and everybody falls in love with this kid. So he's that that underrated guy maybe that you think has a high ceiling and showed him all the great stuff uh, the, the year before as a rookie. He's athletic. He's accurate. He's smart. Um, what you don't know is what is how they're going to play under the fire, yeah. right? And uh, throughout the year, there were some really, really high points and there were some really tough moments where he turned the ball over. And more than anything else, quicker than anything else, uh, what loses games, what gets quarterback, bench his head coaches sometimes uh finding new locations is turnovers and in those crunch time situations Desmond turned the ball over now does that mean he's never going to play again not at all he still has those those he still has talent he still has ability you saw him run and get out of danger and and saw him make some really great throws and some of those wins um but in those crunch time situations when you can't turn the ball over and that's that's the difficult point now and it was an organizational decision um, and so far, it has not panned out, and you have to bench him because at some point, he's the best option until he's not, right? right. Yeah, I believe he was the best option for a while, and now he can't be. He's played his way out of that position. So as the head coach, GM owner, the whole organization, okay, we have to now put it on someone else because that, and that's what he's earned. Yeah. When I talked to people in Atlanta, it was – these are winnable games and we have to make a change because some of these games are winnable and Desmond Nutter has been the reason we haven't won some of these games and we haven't lost entire faith, but we definitely have to go out and win some of these football games. Now let's go to a team that's winning football games of late, the Buffalo Bills. They make a change at offensive coordinator. Joe Brady comes in. I know talking to people there, coach, it was running the football specifically on first and second down was one of the biggest changes he wanted to make. And now we're seeing them run the football extremely effective after that game uh, against Dallas and Orchard Park. Yeah, and I, it's a really unfortunate situation when you, you change a coordinator in the middle of the season, a coordinator that really had done a great job 
um, had a lot of belief in the building, mm-hmm. had a lot of belief with the quarterback, had a lot of belief with the offense. There was a lot of great plays made with that previous coordinator. Uh, but then you get into difficult times and you, know, you, you make a switch and you look up. And I'll, I'll say this in defense of, of anybody who calls plays with a great quarterback. It's so hard not to continually put the ball in this quarterback's hands. He is one of the best flamethrowers yeah. in the NFL. This guy is special. Every single game, he makes big-time throws. But when it comes to November, December, when you have to win games, you have to win playoff games, whether it's home there or on the road someplace else, you got to be able to run the ball. And they stuck to it. They were effective. They were physical. They were tough. And I'll say something else now. This team's been through some difficulty, firing a coordinator, losing some games they should have won. Uh, the, the the city of Buffalo, you know, kind of getting having and some anxiety about how, how this team's going to be. Sometimes that makes you better. It makes you tougher. It makes you more resolved. Yep. Yep. It gets you out of your own personal situation. How many balls yep. did I catch? How many? Now it's like, hey, what are we? Ha- what do we have to do to win? And I think they're there now. And I think they are maybe the most dangerous team in the in the league right now because they are talented, they are tough, and they're angry, right? They've got an edge, and that's what you want going into <laughs> yeah. the playoffs. And if you see a team like that, now they're gonna, they're not going to win every game with with uh, Cook running for 178 yards but they put it on film against a good defense so you know that they can do it. And good now point. they know they can do it. They can beat you through the air. They can beat you through the ground. Better, more physical defense. They can play on the ball. This team is scary if they get into that playoff hunt. Yeah, Coach, you know, you nailed it. They don't have to get 170 well, out for James, James Cook every time. But if they need to get three at an important time of the game, they know they can run the football. Former Stanford Coach David Shaw, we want to thank you again for joining the NFL Report and dropping the knowledge. We appreciate your time, and we'll see you again soon. It's always such good insight from Coach David Shaw and Brian Baldinger back-to-back. Are you kidding me? This does say Monday and Thursday, Steve. That's when we have the NFL report. Scratch Monday. No show on Christmas. We will have a show on Thursday, and we're expecting a monster one. Uh, for that Thursday show at 7.15 Eastern with a couple of guests uh, we're just kind of hinting towards a little bit. All right, and don't forget to listen to the podcast. And, JP, as we go into this holiday weekend, I want to wish you and Meg and Nick's and everybody a Merry Christmas. Everybody who has stuck with us as we've built this show, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it, Steve. You, D, all the boys, everyone out there, Merry Christmas. And also, this is a holiday season. This is also not an easy season for a lot of people out there that are going through some things. So peace and joy to everybody out there during this holiday season. Steve, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, bro. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you gotta get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, 
and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.